System matters, but it doesn't. The vanishing tower touches down on the material plane once again. Jay Murphy here, your host for all things Vanishing Tower. Today I'm going to go into my second principle of gaming. System matters, but it doesn't. This is one of those contradictory statements similar to The king is dead, long live the king. So, I saw my chance of running games once again because of online play. Immediately, I start worrying about what system I would run for whatever genre I would end up playing. I was still in the mindset that I should accommodate the player's taste if I got a gaming group together. Be prepared. See, I hadn't established my three maxims of gaming yet, so I was in a decidedly experimental phase of how I would run. I wasn't coming from a dead stop. I had a game shelf. Chaosium's Elric had never left my side, and over the years previous to 2012, I had gathered books of my favorite games I played from high school. Champions in the 5th Edition Hero System Toolkit, Palladium Fantasy 2nd Edition, and GURPS. That was all I had. Google introduced me to a whole Dungeons & Dragons revival with retro clones and heartbreakers. Fuck me running! D&D is still sucking all the oxygen out of the room. I had made a break with D&D back in high school when I ran into Stormbringer, the grandfather of the Elric rulebook I so cherished. Mostly over AC and hit point bloat, I wanted a character to risk meeting their end with one well-placed sword stroke. I hadn't reconciled back then getting shot up with 30 crossbow bolts before your high-level PC went down like some grotesque pincushion. But the talk around this OSR was super fucking elevated. There was a lot of good information out there on how good GMing gets done. Wait, let me back up a second. My shelf also had Fiasco. Because there was all this talk on the internet about story games. Maybe they had what I felt I was missing with my gaming. Long story short, I delved into Fiasco, powered by the apocalypse, fate, and the only impression on me they made was, I gotta play some D&D. Even though I really didn't want to play D&D per se, but researching available trad games and story games, my attitude about the importance of GM Fiat for a satisfying game was cemented. I was looking at everything. Even ran into the forge and thought, this is interesting, until I read enough and concluded, this is utterly useless. Raggi's gaming suggestions found in his Grindhouse edition of Lamentations was the kind of information which rang Iron Bell's loudest in my head. At least people were going old school. I can hang with this. I ran a brief online game with basic fantasy role-playing, because that was the BX Retro clone which hit my sweet spot. B10 Night's Dark Terror was the adventure I used, and this kind of material got me at peace with my first and at one time rejected gaming love. Yeah, I'm the kind of guy who never gets over his first flame. Second, third, and fourth either, come to think of it. Thank God for age, time, and something better to get me right. 
Here's where I came to the realization I got to be super hot on the genre I intend to run. All this reading and research on types of game systems convinced me, start with the source material. The actual books, story, cinema, and film which I enjoyed and pulled my trigger. Maybe, if I'm running the fantasy, the superhero, the sci-fi adventures I thrilled to read, system won't matter at all. I gotta build up a gaming world in my image and take a rule set which won't try and impose its own vision on my game. I gotta go rules light. Conan-inspired sword and sorcery was going to be the genre. I knew it best, and I wouldn't have to come up with the rules for space combat right out of the gate. Funny to think, when all was said and done, I was down to two choices for building my game world. Savage Worlds in one hand, and USR in the other. USR won out because I committed to my core concept here, that of having the least amount of rules for the game and build rules and rulings as needed to hew close to the genre tropes and enforce the realities of the particular genre. I constructed USR Sword and Sorcery literally with a Conan paperback in my hand and a highlighter. Everything in the stories which I wanted to see in my game, the tropes, the rules would need to support and encourage. This resulted in simultaneous combat rounds, tying healing and wound recovery to carousing, and informed the magic system, among other considerations, but those are the big three I fiddled with the most. Combat, especially combat, and who knows if I even succeeded at that. What I did succeed at was a simple set of rules to get into the game fast, with a world built around the classic tropes I would expect in a Conan-inspired sword and sorcery game. I also got to appreciate what a bitch it is to come up with coherent game mechanics. The big payoff, though, was a newfound appreciation for the sheer genius of the original invention. A role-playing game having two distinct roles defining the experience. That of player characters and the game master. This combination was rock solid. Any failings found in gameplay fall firmly on the players and the GM. The tools are brilliant. I can use any set of RPG rules and run any game I want. The system doesn't matter. But... Being steeped in a genre I intend to run, I have the ability to find a system which will match best with my expectations. I can make a system matter in the best possible ways. That of matching genre expectations with game tools that work to that effect. And this tends to run rules light for me. BX and AD&D I consider rules light. Classic Traveler and any iteration of Chaosium's D100 fit this class of crunch. I can even forgive and come to terms with champions when I reduce it to 11 or better. Unless you can bury me in modifiers, then I'm going to ballpark it all, like 9 or better, or 15 or better. In one of my upcoming podcasts proper, we will delve into the third and final of my gaming maxims. You need players who do stuff. For now, the Vanishing Tower leaves the Material Realm.